are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, hour two. Hour two on this Monday has begun. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Feel free to get on in here, call, text, comment on the live thread, however, wherever. I do appreciate it very much. Some text to get to, got some comments to get to. But drop it in there. If you're watching uh, the show, tuning in, listening, watching the live stream, YouTube and Facebook, you can type in a comment, hit it, submit it, and it pops up right here on the screen. And uh, you can get on the conversation that way, so feel free. Also, you can text me on the Country Pleasing text line. It's 885-3776. That's a 601 number, 885-3776. Or call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You're a Kubota dealer. 995-1059. That's a 601 number. 995-1059. Love to hear from you. We're talking about the Egg Bowl being on Thanksgiving. Lance runs a bar. He texts the show and he said, here's my take. If it wasn't on Thanksgiving, I could close the bar that day and allow my staff and myself to spend the day with their families. Yeah. I tell you, I struggle with it. I really do. You know, and it's not so much about, I mean, what is Thanksgiving, right? Like we know how it was initiated and what the holiday sprung up from. Okay, it's not like Christmas, but it is a holiday. And the thing is, is that your family members who are teachers, who are professionals, who are salespeople, who are retired, <laughs> your family members who are young enough that they still go to school, they are all out, okay? And and it's always been fairly easy for the collective family unit, and that is everybody, extended family. So we're talking about cousins and aunts and uncles and everybody. You could at least plan days and, and figure out locations later on because even those who do not get a full week off, because of their job or whatever it is they do for an occupation. They're going to get that day off, and everybody knows it, okay? They're going to get that day off. So for many people out there, that's the day they're going to have to get together. If they don't get together that day, they don't get together. But but by George, we'll take the check and put the game on that night, and we sure do hope you come. So anyway, hey, look, there's – the truth about it is there's plenty of people who do go. The atmospheres are always good at the Egg Bowl. I do think they could be or would be better if they were on Saturdays. But it's not like they're bad. And lots of people do go and figure out a way to do it. And and there are people that are close enough to be able to do both. So it's not like it's some sort of you know major game changer either way. I just think you look at some things, smart is smart. Just do what's smart. Good is good. Do what's good. I mean, you know, but nobody's asking me. 
Troll Tide texts the show. He said, a better idea for the Ohio senator, do away with the student fees, problem solved, and parents are happier. Well, so <laughs> how about that? That's in regards to what the senator from Ohio is going to put up a bill that he says the students at Ohio State shouldn't have to pay another fee in order to be able to watch their classmates play a football game on a streaming service. So he says they ought to at least get a password. Or what he really wants is the ability to show the game at local venues where they can go and watch it instead of having to pay a fee to watch it. Troll Tide says he ought to put up a bill that says just do away with the student fees. <laughs> Quote, unquote, student fees. And now you solved your issue. They ain't going to do away with that, are they? That's an interesting take. Let's see. Chuck commented on YouTube. What did he say? On the Murray West live thread, Chuck says, I've come to the conclusion that one useless man is called a disgrace. Two are called a law firm and three or more become a Congress. <laughs> that's a line from the musical 1776. Yeah, that's funny. Well, you know, we laugh and joke. But here's a, here's a fact of matter. Okay. Like there are lots of lawyer jokes out there, and you know, and the comparisons and the analogies we make about lawyers. But the truth about it is there's a lot of really fine, fine, wonderful people who they're in the legal profession. I have some friends who they're some of the finest people I know. Okay, and they're lawyers. <laughs> so whatever the stereotypical sleazy lawyer is, that ain't them. You know, so we can't paint everything with a big broad brush. Same thing with, you know, politicians. And I know, I know, I know. But we can't do that. Because really and truly, even in that world, yeah, there's some who you you better not trust them to walk your dog, I'm telling you. But there are some who you can trust, you would trust them with your life, and you could, some fine people. So, you know, the big broad paintbrush is not always fair. I guess that goes for Congress, too, right, Chuck? <laughs> Radio people, everything. Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of lawyers, let me pass something along to you. And while I, while I look this up so that I can pass along to you, I will reiterate something that I said in the first hour, not for sympathy, but really, just more to educate you than anything else, I feel like I owe it to you. If you're going to give me your attention, I really do feel like the most valuable thing you can give me is your attention. You know, you could give me $100. And that's pretty valuable. I'd love to have it. I would be very thankful. Still not as valuable as your time and attention, which is something that only belongs to you. It's totally unique, and it will never come back. You can never get it back once you give it to me. So, with that said, yeah, I, I still am not 100% well. Whatever crud I came down with and fought last week and fighting it again. and you know, So, I just appreciate you hanging in there with me. And one of these days, when I do get back to 100%, you're going to know it. You're going to be able to tell. When the show starts, you'll be able to tell, boy, Matt, uh, he sounds like himself. <clears throat> so... Thanks for hanging there with me through uh, whatever season this is and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to share this with you. Earlier today on Twitter, I was searching through and reading some stuff about 
what's going to happen tomorrow. They're going to have an NCAA hearing. Speaking of Congress and lawyers and other, they're going to have a hearing up in uh, Washington, D.C. Charlie Baker is going to be there. Um, Walker Jones from Ole Miss is going to be there representing NIL people and things like that. Um, they're having a hearing. I don't know who's proposing what. I was trying to read through it. It's going to be the 10th one they've had. So, I mean, before I jump over to what I really wanted to tell you, just realize the hearing they're going to have tomorrow in Congress on name, image, and likeness is the 10th one they've had on this thing. All right. But you've got some of that stuff. Some of the people in college sports still are not certain that they want Congress running college sports, and I would say that's a wise question to bring up. I'm just telling you, I know they need to fix some stuff and put a put a not a cap, but put a a framework on, put some highways in there, and people know where to drive, what side of the road to drive on, and when, and how to make turns at four way stops. You got to have some sort of rules and some way that this thing flows, right? You got to understand it to a degree if you're going to have a league. I get all that, but it's wise for somebody to go, hey, wait, 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 are we sure we really, really, really sure we want United States Congress running college sports? Are you sure about that? You sure about that? So that's a wise thing to bring up. I was reading through some of that, and there is uh, an attorney out there who's very active on social media. He is kind of a you know a relatively loud voice in a lot of these NIL conversations on social media but also in the media he's someone that people interview and that kind of thing his name is Mitt Winter on Twitter he is listed as attorney at Kenny Hertz Perry LLC in Kansas City NIL attorney sports law business litigation he is a former Division I basketball player for William & Mary. Um, on Twitter, he is at Winter Sports Law. Winter, just like the season, is winter, wintertime, Winter Sports Law. That is him on Twitter. And so today, <clears throat> there was something that he said in regard to an article he was reading. They'd had quotes in an article over at uh, NJ.com, as in New Jersey, NJ.com. I think this is one of Seton Hall's coaches had gone off with quotes on NIL and said, everybody wants to get paid. It's how much can you pay me? You know, he's lamenting all of this. Well, Winter Sports Law, Mitt Winter, quoted some of that and said this on Twitter. He said, college coaches shouldn't be complaining about athletes considering financial factors, such as potential NIL earnings, when making recruiting decisions, when they, talking about coaches, and everyone else in college athletics do the same thing. And then he says, the narrative of NIL being the Wild West needs to end. Now, I look at this and go, okay, do I or don't I respond? And in what way? Anyway, let me see if I can find you a quote or two from the coach. Seton Hall coach uh, Shaheen Holloway 
not a fan of name, image, and likeness and isn't afraid to say so. The second-year coach was outspoken about the challenges of recruiting under NIL, and he continued with his strong sense during media day on Friday. Everybody wants to get paid. It's not fit no more. It's how much can you pay me. It's the wild, wild west, to be honest. Okay, that's what he said, the wild, wild west, to be honest. He added, this is a coach now, Seton Hall. It's free agency. That's what it is. You got to try to get lucky, man. At the end of the day, you got to try to get lucky. <laughs> that's just... There you go. How about this? In the article at NJ.com, it says, It's no secret that Seton Hall has difficulty competing with the top schools in the Big East. To say nothing of the top programs nationally. On the NIL front, Hunter Dickinson, the number one transfer in the portal and the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year, was offered $2 million annually to play at Kansas, per sources. And he chose the Jayhawks over Kentucky, Villanova, Maryland, and Georgetown after he transferred from Michigan. Go to Michigan, transfer $2 million, go somewhere else. And here's the thing about it. As it stands right now, this basketball player who got $2 million to go to Kansas, there is no contract that is enforceable by Kansas law legally that he can have. Or more importantly, that Kansas can have. They cannot have a contract pay for play legally in the state of Kansas right now. But also, you cannot have a pay for play contract according to the NCAA right now. And then it's a matter of like, do you believe in um, the NCAA and, and punishing all that? But this is a coach from, and, and the comment from a sports lawyer, winter sports law, who is a, a deemed an NIL attorney on his Twitter account, business litigation, NIL attorney, sports law, former Division I basketball player. Commenting on this, a coach lamenting what it's like recruiting in the NIL era and says college coaches shouldn't be complaining about athletes considering financial factors such as NIL when they and everyone else in college athletics do the same thing. But here's the thing. And I couldn't help but respond with this myself. Coaches and everyone else in college athletics, your words, not mine, have contracts. Every one of their contracts, every coach, everyone else, not the players, everyone else has a contract with all manner of legal parameters in that contract. All sorts of financial buyouts in the contract and financial penalties in the contract if you violate certain things in the contract. Now, y'all, tell me something. Here's what I'm asking for someone who is listening who is smarter than me, and there are plenty of y'all who are. So I, I got my ears open now. How do we have NIL experts, an NIL attorney, a sports law expert, how do we have that, that does not recognize the difference in what players are going through with the portal NIL versus what coaches are going through with contracts? How is it possible not to recognize the difference? How is it possible to need someone to point it out? There ain't but two ways 
that a sports lawyer, quote-unquote, needs someone to point out the difference, the fact that coaches have contracts and players don't in college sports. There's one of two reasons. Either, one, they are purposefully not bringing it up because it doesn't match the narrative they want to push. Or, two, they ought to be doing something else and they're not a very good lawyer. Like, it ain't the elevator's not going all the way to the top. That's the only two possibilities. So let's talk about the former. Coaches, everybody else in college athletics except players, have contracts with legal parameters. They have buyouts. If a coach, quote-unquote, hits the portal and, quote-unquote, chases his NIL money and leaves, guess what? Wherever he's going, writes a big, fat check to whomever he left. Now tell me how that is similar to what players are going through and what they're asking. This is not an argument about whether they should be paid, whether they are being paid. That's not the argument. The argument is, can you compare college athletes and NIL right now to coaches chasing the money in their world? No, because in the middle of the coaches scenario is a legally binding contract with millions of dollars in protections on both sides. Whereas right now, as we sit in the NIL era, there are no protections on really either side of the contract, but particularly on the side of the ones that are paying the money. Let me ask you a question. Would you hire someone to paint your house, pay them up front, without something legally binding that you both sign that holds them accountable to actually paint your house? Would you do it? Now, if it's someone you know and trust well enough, I get it. Okay, there are these exceptions, and that's great that those exist. But I'm saying nine times out of ten, and frankly about 95 times out of 100, business deals out there, there's no emotional or family tie or something or friendship, relationship, or whatever, then guess what? <laughs> I'm hiring you to paint my house. I'm going to pay you when it's done. Maybe the agreement is to pay in other ways. But, boy, certainly if you're going to pay up front and hand the money over, I need some sort of signed deal that protects me where if you don't paint the house that you're telling me you will, I get my money back. I'm not paying you to not paint my house. I'm paying you to paint it. I already know the answer to your question. So now I want to I want to I'm going to take this scenario one step further and tell you what was the result of me tweeting about this. With and I think he's a very nice guy and to his credit he engages people in a professional way on social media. Mitt Winter, former college basketball player. I added the comment. If college players start to have binding contracts, like coaches, like everyone else in college athletics, then every player is going to need an agent, a lawyer. All are going to need contract lawyers, both the players, every college player, and every school. They're going to have to have agents and contract lawyers. So I tweeted, it's not lost on anyone, at least not the thinkers in the room, that there will be a lot of money to be made by people 
other than the players. In my opinion, players and their families need to be very careful who they listen to. And remember the Mike Tyson quote, and I quoted it. Everyone you fight is not your enemy. And here's the kicker. Everyone who helps you isn't your friend. Now, that was my tweet. I just read it to you. If college players start to have binding contracts like coaches, they're all going to need agents. They'll all need contract lawyers. The schools will need contract lawyers. And it's not lost on anyone that there's going to be a lot of money to be made by people other than the players. And in my opinion, players better be really careful who they listen to. Well, he responded to that. The lawyer responded to that on Twitter and said, that's not a reason to let college athletes be paid. That's not a reason to not let college athletes be paid, which seems to be your argument. Now, did anything I say in what I tweeted insinuate at any point that I'm arguing for athletes not to be paid? No. But he assumed what my argument was. He said, it's not a reason to not let college athletes be paid, which seems to be your argument. He says, that's the case for anyone in the world who is able to enter into contract. Well, see, he's making my point. And I said, not, that's not my argument. If someone is paid, there has to be a contract. It's universal. It just so happens to also be a financial windfall for people in the legal profession. And here I am arguing with a lawyer about it. It's really crystal clear. Follow the money, but more importantly, follow the people who want the money the most. They'll take you to right where the issue is. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. There you go. Turn your mic on, Matt. <laughs> all right, some of your comments, and I can go back through any of that, but I'll tell you, uh, I've had a few days here. Of course, I was just under the weather last week. I could not get on my feet feeling 100% normal. Got better as the week went on and a little bit of a rough start at the beginning of this week. I'm just glad to be here. And more importantly, I, I just appreciate every one of y'all tuning in and texting and listening and commenting. I, I just I can't possibly express it to everybody individually, but I wish I could. Uh, it makes it fun, <laughs> which is really what it's got to be. I mean, there's a lot of ways to make a living. But life's really short. If you can do something fun for a living, you ought to do it. Well, the Lord's blessed me with the, this opportunity, and um, it's keeping on keeping on because of y'all, not because of me. And I just appreciate it. <clears throat> but, uh, well, and thank you. Will said, grateful for your show. I appreciate you very much, uh, Will. Always commenting and getting things going over there on the Murray West live thread. Next time you need some gear, Will, custom apparel with your logo on it, go there, murraywest.com. See, I'm trying to say something. <laughs> but seriously, 
and then send me a hat and I'll wear it. Jimmy said on the Murray West Live thread, there will be a lot more players making pretty good NIL money than there will be players that go on to the NFL. Some of these kids will take big pay cuts when they enter the workforce. And that, <laughs> hey, look, it really is true. <clears throat> I mean, it really is true. There's no question about it. Um, and I think that's the tricky thing for people. Not Well, not only people running collectives, but people who are coaches too. I mean, coaches along with the people who are running collectives figuring out, like, what's the best way to invest the money that you do have, whether it's a lot or a little, because, you know, according to your needs and how bad the kid wants to be here and how I think as we get going, we'll see more and more total roster turnovers like what Colorado did. And it's going to be a weird thing. It's going to happen more. I'll just remind you that Peanuts cartoon, Linus, standing there sucking his thumb with his blanket over his shoulder, and then he looks up in this tree. And in the first frame, he's looking at the top of the tree. In the second frame, a leaf begins to fall out of the tree. It's falling down. The third frame, he's looking at the leaf that's now fallen on the ground. And in the last frame, Linus is walking away and says the words, everybody wants to be somewhere else. That's pretty prophetic, right? Uh, Mark commented on YouTube. He said, ding, ding. Young man, I coach in Little League now in law school, going to be uh, in sports law. That's why, hey, listen, what I'm telling you is, think about this. (laughs) How many players are in the NFL and need an agent? Versus if college players who are being paid begin to have legally binding contracts, which any business has, versus how many college-paid athletes are going to need agents. You tell me the, the greater number. Now, I know I'm just using – so let's just use football. Let's use football. 32 teams in the NFL – 53 players each. Now, certainly there are players that aren't on rosters. 53. Guys on practice squads, and they've all got agents. But you're talking about 85 to 100? Well, Matt, you know, there's lots of players at that 120. Okay, well, don't do 120 schools then. Just do, do 64 schools, 65. That's still twice the number of teams as the NFL and twice the number of players who need an agent, who will have agents negotiating deals with collectives and getting a cut. Who's arguing most vehemently for the progression of all of it? When I brought up the, um, that comment on this Twitter conversation with the attorney out in Kansas City, Mitt Winter, is Winter Sports Law. When I brought that up, I said, it's not my argument. You know, he, he said, I'm assuming you're arguing here for them not to be paid, I, which for the life of me, I can't figure out how you could read anything I tweeted that makes it sound that way. I said, it's not my argument. I said, if someone is paid, there has to be a contract. It's universal. And it just so happens to also be a financial windfall 
for those in the legal profession? And then he said, yes, probably some. And, and it's, I mean, they know it. Everybody in sports law, every agent out there knows, man, if, if we start doing binding contracts that add protections for both sides of it, the player and the school slash collective who's paying these guys, then the, every player's got to have an agent, and every time they sit down and negotiate, we got to have a contract lawyer. Money, money, money in my pocket. What you're going to have, I hate to say it, but I'm telling you the next step after that. Smart athletes are going to play ball at places with law schools. And they're going to double dip. They're going to go to places with law schools and play ball and get paid NIL dollars, whatever they can earn, based on their ability and their importance to the team. And then while they're going to school, they're going to be going to law school. The really smart ones are. And when their playing days are up, they are going to become a college sports agent. And they are going to double dip at the same places <laughs> where they were drawing it in when they played there. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. JS290 says on the Murray West Live thread, he says sports law and some finance should be in college athletes' curriculum. And I, I would tell you, JS290, my impression is that in the bigger leagues, especially but really all of them, especially in the bigger leagues, every school and every program, every football program, it's just constant marching people in front of those players who, who give speeches, who give presentations, who educate them on this, who educate them on that. Every little thing. From money management personally to you know business language to marketing and advertising to PR to they they get an earful of it and an eye full of it all the time. You'd be surprised. And Jimmy said, if Jimmy Sexton wants to open an NIL branch to his firm, he could run all of college football. Yep, for sure. Troll Tide on the country pleasing text line. <laughs> he said, Congress can't even keep the government working. They need an FIO bracelet. <laughs> Figure it out. He said they're the only people in the USA who get paid not to work. <laughs> You're right. We can't come in today. We canceled it. Who canceled it? We did. Who's we? They. That guy over there. You go talk to him and you go, I was just told what to do. We're not in session right now. <laughs> hey. Hey, Troll Tide, try that at your job. Boss comes in, what are you doing? Nothing. What do you mean, nothing? I'm not in session right now. <laughs> Try that at your job. <clears throat> uh, Carlos, he texts the show. He says the absolute worst thing that they could do is get the government any more involved in college football than they already are. I mean, look, I'm kind of with you, man. Listen, can you imagine the things that would <laughs> golly 
I just don't trust it one bit. I don't trust it one bit. Yeah, somebody reminded us they turned they pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. Why not? Somebody pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> MSU nineteen eighty with a really kind comment. I appreciate it. He says, Matt, it's very unusual for media personalities to say that they really appreciate their listeners, but as far as I'm concerned, I really appreciate what you have to offer the listeners. Well, I thank you for that. I hope I offer something. You know, if we if the combination of me and Beaver can get you two hours down the road, either happier, more educated, more informed, feeling better, or just, I don't know, safely to your destination, then we will have uh, we will have succeeded. But it really is true. MSU 1980, you're right. You said it is unusual for a media personality to say they really appreciate the listeners. Well, it's even more rare for a media personality to prove it. <laughs> that they really appreciate their listeners, right? Yeah. I, I've been taught and learned a long time ago, you better not approach it any other way. I can sit here and think that what I have to say is great, wonderful, and awesome. I'm so smart. And I'm so good. And Look, if you don't listen, and if it's not what you want, I'm out. They'll roll me out the door quick. It's about you. It's not about me. So I do appreciate it. All right. We'll wrap it up next. A little bit of time left when we come back. Stick around. Yo, back with you. A little bit of time left, plenty to get into, and a short time to get there. Um, hey, um, hey, Beaver, are you aware of what today is? What did you say to me? Are, are, are you are you <laughs> are you aware that today is National Bosses Day? Nope. Okay. Well, now you're aware. Thank you. And so when you see Ricky walking around the hall somewhere, like, I don't know, shake his hand, thank him for what he does, you know, something. What do you do for a boss on National Bosses Day? What do you think we ought to do? (laughs) Well, it depends on if you're a a kiss butt or not. (laughs) I heard your pause right there. You were thinking about it. (laughs) Should we do like... um, you know, like Clark Griswold in Christmas Vacation, you know, where he had the little gift wrapped and he takes it into his boss, Frank Shirley. He says, put it right there with the others. And he sits it down. And it turns out it's the same shape as all the other gifts that are sitting there. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. I have never once bought anything for a boss. Yeah. In fact, our former boss here, we used to get these emails every year at Christmas time. Hey, we're... We're collecting money to buy 
you know, his uh his his staff gift. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ever put any money in that thing? Are you kidding me? Oh, hey. let me yeah, put money in here so I can buy my boss a large straw Alabama Nick Saban style hat or <laughs> a book or whatever the <laughs> crap it was. Hey, maybe um Maybe that they were doing like Creed did when he was taking up donations for the lady that got fired at the warehouse. Remember that? Creed on the office. Really help her out. <laughs> First of all, he got her fired by telling lies about her. He made the whole thing up. Then he goes around collecting money for her and then puts some money in his pocket. <laughs> he was a real stand-up guy. Now, today's National Bosses Day. Um, <clears throat> so... From Beaver to you, Ricky, wherever you are, this is for you. Ricky at uh, 105.9 is a big Tennessee fan. So wherever you are, Ricky, however you're listening, (laughs) sing along. I'm going to keep it here to the woo. All right, there you go. So happy Bosses Day, everybody. Happy Bosses Day. Look here. Uh, Will says on the Murray West live thread, can we talk about Cowboys and Chargers? Yep. Monday night football tonight. Tee it up. Cowboys, Chargers, there is just a slight little bit of drama. Uh, Kellen Moore, he says, and his Chargers offense is going to face off against his old team in Dallas. And Hey, I expect the Chargers to win the game. I just don't think Dallas's offense is very good. I mean, I think it was show- – I think that showed last week. I know it's the 49ers at home, but still I think it showed last week. They do have a, a good defense with some good players, but you take – Digs out at corner. He's now gone, and they're all banged up everywhere else. A bunch of guys who are playing aren't healthy. The Chargers should win that game tonight, I'm telling you. Don't you agree? I want Dak to win every game he plays. I just don't think their offense is very good. It looks – I don't know what it looks like. All right. Jimmy said Mississippi State needs to focus up. My across-the-street neighbor is a stinking hog. <laughs> yeah, he says if we lose, let me say here, if we lose, I have to fly a nasty Razorback flag on my house for the remainder of the season. What? Why are you making bets like that, Jimmy? When did you make that bet, in August? Because I know it hadn't been recently. Hey, speaking of hogs, hey, Beaver, listen to this, buddy. You know, I was down there with you this weekend, or last the end of last week. All right, first of all, on my drive to Jackson, on Highway 82, kill Michael. Driven through there 800 times. I could do it with my eyes closed. Right there at that, what is it called, Calabrella Creek? Well, no, that's not Kill Michael. That's on. No, this is back up. This is actually at Kill Michael. No, not too terribly far from Yapora. There was a giant 
wild hog dead on the side of the road. This would have been, I guess, what, Friday of last week? Thursday or Friday? Thursday of last week? There's no question what it was. I could see it pretty clearly. When I hollered and said, yo, look, to Annabeth and Mary Lydia, it's a big dead hog on the side of the road. They were kind of late getting their head turned and didn't quite see it. Annabeth goes, I think that was a big pile of pine straw. Look, this wasn't pine straw. Pine straw isn't that color. With tusks, this was a giant wild hog had been hit dead on the side of the road at Killmichael. Drove right past it. I've never seen that before. I'm sure it happens. You do see it. I haven't seen it. I've seen wild hogs. I've seen all kinds. I had never seen one that big has been hit laying on the side of the road on Highway 82. Okay, so that was on the way down. Saturday, I'm driving through the metro. I get off the Natchez Trace there at Ridgeland. I hit the uh, highway, I-55, headed north. Okay, so here I go through Ridgeland. I go through Madison. You know, I, I wave at my man, Jonathan, out there at Divinity at, at Highway 51 as I go past Gluckstadt. I'm, I go up the road past Ben Nelson Golf Car. Here we go. I get up the road north of Canton. And right there on the side of the road, on the northbound side, so he's in the median, but it's just off the road northbound, is another giant. I don't mean just a wild hog. I mean a giant, this humongous dead one. Right off I-55 with all kinds of debris and stuff from some vehicle that has hit this thing. And it looked like the vehicle must have been pulling a trailer because part of the trailer and part of the trailer axle is sitting there next to it. Stuff everywhere. All I'm saying is look out. Deer? Yes. Coyotes? I saw a great big coyote this morning. Big one here in uh, Lee County. You don't, often, you don't often see a coyote and describe it as biggin. This was a biggin. But wild hogs, I did not know that we I knew they existed. I knew they're everywhere. There are certain places that have like, it's like an infestation. There's this guy on YouTube from uh, Clay County, out in the county, named David Ellis. Y'all look him up. He is entertaining. And I, I mean, puts out traps eradicates him, does all kinds of stuff. He ain't making a dent. But <laughs> at least he's trying. They're everywhere. I get it. But big ones, that big, big as a, I mean, as big as a smart car, <laughs> crossing the road and bam. I'm saying you look out. Keep your head on a swivel. And this is no commentary about football at all, but we need to have a big hog killing. Okay, I mean, I know that's rough to hear, but we need to have one, like statewide. (laughs) I didn't know I could hit one with my car like that on the highway, on I-55, man. There it is. Louvier, Texas Show. What's up, Louvier? I could, Louvier, you might have missed the beginning of the show. I could not believe 
the Saints, the way the Saints finished that game yesterday. What in the world were they thinking on offense? What could they possibly have been thinking? You got a minute left. You got one timeout. It's first and ten. Okay, no, you're not. You got to have a touchdown to tie. Okay, but plenty of time to get a first down. And they start from like just across midfield throwing go routes, like little mini Hail Marys every play. What were they? They could easily get a first down and get closer. They could easily use all the, the clock that's there available to them. They've got one timeout. Get a first down. Get to in the, They could easily get a first down in the red zone. They just play offense. I know they had, had struggles. They weren't protecting that well, and the Texans are playing man, but this is an NFL game we're talking about. And you had, in that critical situation, you're across midfield. There's a minute left. you got a timeout. And here goes... Their offense and Derek Carr, and with a minute left, they decided to just start lobbing it in the end zone. Like we, like their only hope was a jump ball in the end zone. It beat anything I've ever seen. Utah, I mean, I understand you were struggling on offense, but you can't be an NFL team and have that little confidence in your ability to just run plays and get a first down. It, that was terrible. All right. Thanks for listening. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for being a part of the show. Text me. Call me. Comments. We'll do all of it again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Right here in the Bureau. The Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. See you tomorrow. See you!